You're listening to Brave and Bossa Podcast, episode 20. On today's episode, my guest and I are going to tackle a really hot topic, how to quit your day job. So if you don't know my story, I actually started my business on the side as a side hustle when I was working full-time at a job that was way more than full-time hours. So I am super excited to hear the tips from today's guests. And if you're thinking of quitting your day job to follow your side hustle and your passion, then this is the episode for you. Let's get started. Welcome to Brave and Boss, a podcast for the purpose-driven founder who wants to grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I'm the CEO and founder of the Ethical Fashion Line Encircled, a conscious business coach and passionate about helping you break through your limits and build a brand that matters. Let's do this. Hello and welcome back to Brave and Boss, the podcast. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I am so excited for today's guest because we're talking all about quitting that day job. Yay. So excited because I know that many of you listening are full-time or part-time employed in another business while you're building your product-based business or your service-based business on the side. And personally, as I talked about in the intro, I know that super well. I ran Encircled on the side as a side hustle for two years while I was working in management consulting. And when I was working in that job, I wasn't just working nine to five. I was working eight to 9 p.m., 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. Sometimes I'd have to go out with clients after work and I was flying all over the world. It was a lot. So I know that if I had this guest from today in my corner, I might have actually quit my job sooner, I think. So I'm going to get into the intro about who's on the podcast today just quickly, but I just wanted to touch on a few things. So we are in the middle of March, wrapping up March with this episode. I'm really excited that you've tuned into the podcast. If you are brand new to the podcast, welcome. I am so appreciative of having you here. If you love this content, definitely make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you are a repeat listener, welcome back. Thank you so much for listening. Definitely slide into my DMs at Christy Sumer on Instagram. If you have any episode ideas or a question that you'd love for me to answer on the podcast, I'm happy to do that. I think I'm going to plan on doing a Q&A episode coming up in May because I love listening to those on my favorite podcast. So I'll definitely make sure to do a call to action for questions out on my Instagram. So follow me at Christy Sumer. The next thing I want to mention is if you haven't checked out my free webinar, five ways to five X your email marketing, the link is in the show notes. It is a free one hour class that I did on multiplying your email revenue in five different ways. Super easy tactics that you can take. You know, it has an offer for my email marketing masterclass, which is an evergreen course that's offered all year round now. So you can choose to take that or you just take the webinar and don't do anything with it. I'm sure you'll learn a lot from this. It's an hour of teaching with me and super value packed. And I know that the people who've taken the course have seen massive revenue impacts from taking the course because email marketing is still one of the most amazing channels for building your business. And even more so now that we're starting to see a lot of uncertainty in paid channels and social media. And last but not least, before I get into the 
guest intro. I have opened up four coaching spots in April. If you're interested, go to christysumer.com and click on coaching to see if it's a fit for you. I stopped doing coaching in the fall of last year just due to time constraints, and I haven't really been taking any coaching clients actually since mid last year. So if you're interested in doing a power hour with me, it is an opportunity for you to get my brain for an hour and pick my brain. We basically set it up like a call on Zoom and it'll all be recorded and you'll have a form sent to you before the call where I'll get all the details of your business and all about you and your questions so that we can really maximize our time on the call. I love this Ask the Expert format. I think it works really well. I mean, me personally, when I'm stuck on things right now in my business, I'd rather just hire somebody and pay them to give me the answer rather than spending 8,000 hours on Google trying to figure it out and making a ton of mistakes. So that's why I'm opening up my coaching hotspots. So get into one at christysumer.com. All right, without further ado, let me do a little introduction of your guest. So today's guest is Jacinta Gandhi. She knows firsthand what it feels like to spend years climbing the corporate ladder all to end up with a career that you're not really sure you wanted in the first place. I'm sure you can relate with that. She worked the long hours, got the big promotions, and even had that six-figure salary to go along with it, but always felt like something was missing in her life. So she decided to step out on faith and build a business committed to helping other women leave their uninspiring nine-to-fives and finally build the business and life of their dreams. Jacinta is now the founder of Social Circle, a full-service design studio specializing in bold, beautiful web design for female entrepreneurs. Prior to starting this, Jacinta spent over a decade working at several of NYC's leading creative and media agencies, including Whedon and Kennedy, Omnicon Media. Social Circle is a Black woman-owned and operated business based in Brooklyn, New York, serving clients all over the world. So please join me in welcoming Jacinta to the podcast. All right. I'm so excited to have today's guest on the podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Christy. So let's start off with an intro. So why don't you tell everybody who you are, what you do, and your why? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Jacinta Gandhi. I'm the owner and founder of Social Circle. We're a boutique branding and design agency located in Brooklyn, New York, serving clients all over the world. And my why is I really get excited by helping other people build the business of their dreams. I'm a serial entrepreneur at heart. So I knew once I started my own business, it had to be something that gave me the flexibility and the time to, you know, do different things and, you know, brainstorm different ideas. So this is why I love doing what I do. Awesome. So how long have you had your own business for? I've had it for four years now. And now it's it's great because I think, you know, in the beginning, you know, things were slow. It was really tough. I was like, am I doing the right thing? <laughs> and I feel like, you know, that's a similar story that a lot of people have. And everyone says, stay the course, it gets easier. And, you know, that really is sage advice, because, you know, I really, really saw my business blossom in the last two years. And, you know, it's really was the best decision I've ever made. So tell me a little bit about your career before you started. Did you just graduate school and you started your own business or were you working in a different type of career or similar career before? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So I was definitely, you know, I took the very traditional path of like going to university. And then from university, I had a full time job, I worked in, you know, media and creative agencies. And I did that for a very long time. I did that for like, almost 10 years. And through that process, I always like knew that I wanted to have my own business. But I didn't really know, like, I was always scared to kind of go out there and just go for it. But I was always dreaming up business ideas and things that I wanted to do. And so I did do a little bit of design work. I did mostly advertising, like social media and digital marketing in my previous career. So that's kind of actually how I started my business, more focused on the social media and digital marketing piece. But as I started to work more one-on-one with clients, I started to realize that like the digital marketing piece is great, but a lot of times you need that foundation, right? You need that branding in place before you can do the great social media and develop the content and everything that goes along with it. And so that's how I was able to kind of take the digital marketing piece and then vary it with the graphic design and the branding piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome that you were kind of, you had that corporate experience more so in there and then decided to kind of go out on your own. What was your main motivator for quitting your job and starting your business? Was it that you wanted like freedom to work for yourself or work from anywhere Or are you just like that type of person who, you know, would rather not listen to other people and kind of be the boss? Like what was, what really motivated you to become an entrepreneur? Yeah, I think it was a mix of those things, to be honest. I think from the very, very beginning, before I even knew what entrepreneurship was, I always kind of had that entrepreneurial spirit. Like I was always the kid who like had to be the leader, had to be the boss, right? And I think that throughout my career, I had, you know, different experiences. I had some experiences where I worked with really great, you know, leaders and mentors. And then I had other experiences where I didn't work with great leaders Mm -hmm. and, and mentors. And I've definitely been in those corporate work environments environments that are very toxic and drain your energy. So I always just felt like I wasn't really able to fully bring all of the skill and talent that I had to the table when I was working in corporate. I always Mm -hmm. just knew I wanted to do more. And so, you know, taking that leap and doing it was a big deal for me because I mean, I don't come from a family of entrepreneurships. My parents were Mm -hmm. like, you have a great job. Why would you ever quit? You know, you should be Mm -hmm. lucky. You should be thankful that Mm -hmm. you're employed, you know? So for me, it was a really, really, and and by the way, I had a lifestyle. I was accustomed to living. (laughs) I wasn't used to giving up. didn't want to give up. So for me, it was a really big, big thing to quit my job. And, you know, that's kind of why I love talking about this topic, because I think that, you know, in my business, I have the privilege of working with so many women that are where I was before. And they're like, okay, I have this business in me. I'm ready to, to, to break out and do this thing on my own. But there's so much fear around that. And there's so Mm -hmm. many, there's so much resistance and there's so many things that hold them back from doing that. And for me, I had a very concrete plan before I quit my job. And when I quit my job, I actually left the door open. Like I was like, this is an experiment. I'm going to try this out. I'm going to go back. And I feel like that took a lot of the pressure off of me just being like, you know, I walked out and I'm never going back. And for some people that works, right? If you're Mm -hmm. a risk taker, maybe you can do that. But for me, I really needed a, a really good plan before I felt the confidence to do that. 
Yeah, I think that's such a valuable point. So the listeners will know because I've talked a little bit about my quitting story, but it sounds kind of similar to yours. So I wasn't also, I also was not new in my career. I'd been in my career for 10 years and I was very successful, but I was also very miserable by how, where I was working and the work I was doing. And my parents also are not entrepreneurs and also, you know, they were immigrants to Canada and they grew up, you know, dirt poor and they were just horrified <laughs> that I wanted to leave, you know, a corporate job. And it, it caused a lot of, um, a lot of strife in the family for sure for a long time. So I'm definitely excited to hear your tips because I feel like I did it all wrong when I quit. <laughs> but yeah, so I think we'll get into the topic that we're talking about, which I think is really important. It's that idea that, you know, a lot of women, you know, when they're starting businesses, they started on the side because that's like a, a good way to like test and learn whether you're creating a graphic design business or, you know, you're selling skincare products. So let's talk about, because I know you have like, kind of like an eight step process, let's say of things you need to do or think about before you quit your job. So let's like start off with um, your first tip. And what are some, what is something that someone needs to do or think about when they're going to quit? Yeah, sure. And my first tip, it's, I'll be honest, it's not groundbreaking, but it's something that so many, I see so many business owners not doing and not thinking strategically about. So my first tip is to write a business plan. Mm. And I think that, especially in my line of work, I see this a lot, but so many entrepreneurs right now are building their business from the outside in, right? It's like they want to do like, the branding, the aesthetics, the logos, you know, mm -hmm. the website, like we're thinking about all the visual things. And trust me, as a designer, I love that stuff, right? <laughs> but a lot of times, you know, when I'll talk to potential clients, and we'll start talking about their branding and their design, and you know, their mission and their vision and values and all these things that go into the brand, you know, all of a sudden, they clam up and they're like, I have no idea. And what I find out is that they really haven't thought these things through yet. And, you know, it's like, you need to bring your business from just like this idea, right? <laughs> to, yeah. to something that actually is real and has a plan. And I, and I think nowadays, just because we live in this app culture, we're like, hey, go to Squarespace, go to GoDaddy, get your mm -hmm. .com, get your website, everything's so accessible. So people want to do those things. But I think a lot of times people forget the very, very you know, important step of building that business plan, building that framework. And I don't care if it's one page, you know, two page. I mean, it needs to be something. And I think that a lot of times when I was struggling early on with my business, it was because I didn't really know what I should do because at that point it's like, I just want to do what works. So then you start kind of copying and following what other people are doing because mm -hmm. you assume it's working for them. And then, you know, three months later, you're like, wait, what am I doing? This is not what I set out to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I feel like having that business plan is very grounding. I mean, obviously, this could be a document that is living and breathing and changes. But I think it helps bring you back to like the core of what you why you started your business, what your goals are, what foundationally mm -hmm. makes sense. And then when that shiny new thing comes up, whether it's like starting a YouTube channel or starting a podcast or writing a book, you could say, does this actually align with my business plan? Is this year one of my business? Maybe this is year five. Maybe this is something I'm supposed to be doing down the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's such a good point. I think 
the business plan is like the hard work, right? Like you're going to have to do like cash flow forecasting. You have to make a lot of guesses and assumptions and that can be very uncomfortable. Whereas like the branding and design though, it's like, I agree, super important. It's like more fun and creative. Like, you know, it definitely for a lot of people that financial stuff and, you know, having to think about where your first client or your first sale is going to come from is a little bit more stressful. So I feel like people try to avoid that, but you make such a good point that it is essential to have it because then you at least kind of know what direction you're going in. So I love that. So what's your next tip on quitting your day job? Yeah. So my next step, again, it's not like a fun one, but it's, you know, making sure that your business is established legally. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think this is another one that I see a lot of entrepreneurs step. I mean, skip. I mean, I happen to live in the state of New York where for some reason setting up LLC here is like so hard. You would not believe it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in most states, it's a very simple process. And I think a lot of times people, you know, skip over the step again because it's not sexy. It's not fun. I think the other thing people tend to step over to forget about is, you know, the legal aspect, whether it's, you know, setting up contracts, you know, whether it's making sure that you have EIN numbers in place, like whatever you need to do to establish your business legally and, you know, set up your business bank accounts and all this stuff like that. Those should be crucial steps that you're doing in the beginning. And, and all of this is going to help you start to recognize your business. Like, okay, this is not just a side hustle. This is actually a real thing now, right? Mm -hmm. So this is something that I can leave (laughs) a full-time paying job for and start to visualize myself stepping into as a CEO. I think a lot of people, we talk about CEO mindset, people don't feel like CEOs. It's like, well, what's beneath the surface, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everything that you're doing. And if it's just like a fancy website, it's like, well, you know, maybe you don't really feel truly legitimate because you know, there's aspects of your business that fully in place. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. And separating that business and personal is really important as well. I think a lot of people wait to do that. And then if you do, it becomes really messy to go back and like, you know, parse out what you paid for with your personal credit card versus your business credit card. And so that's such a good step. Um, What is next? What's your third tip? Yeah. So this is another one and it's kind of related to the first two, but it's create a business budget. Now I'll admit, this is something that I totally messed up my first couple years (laughs) in business. I just was thinking like, you know, I had this great job. I was making six figures. So in my mind, I was like, I just need to be able to make six figures. That's Mm -hmm. it. And when I actually started working full time in my business, I'm like, wait a minute, I can't pay myself six figures because I have to support this business that I have now. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And this business has all of these expenses, right? All these operating costs. If I want to hire staff, if I want to do all of this, and then it's like, I realized that like, no, actually, I don't need $100,000. I need $250,000, you know? And so I think that whatever that number is for you and for your business, figuring that out. And then also being able to build a plan around it. I mean, maybe you're like, you know what? I'm willing to pay myself less as long as that means that I can devote more time and energy towards my business, you know? But I think that like a lot of, 
successful businesses, particularly in the beginning, you're not in a place where you're going to pay someone a hundred grand, particularly if that's all the money, that's all the revenue that you're generating, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think it kind of goes back to that business plan and knowing your numbers. And then once you have those numbers, like creating like a realistic business budget, and then also staying within it. I think a lot of times that, I mean, I'm personally a spender. And so for my business, my first couple of years, I was buying anything and everything. I was like, give me all the courses, give me all the tech, like, you know, like anything I could get my hands on, I was purchasing. And then when I looked back, I'm like, wow, I'm like, I spent so much money. Like, you know, it was just like spending money like crazy. And I'm like, I actually need to be on a budget, just like in my personal life. <laughs> I need to budget for these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I, budgeting is really hard for me too. <laughs> and, you know, I think that mindset around like replacing your corporate income with your business income, I think is a great goal. But I think having that as like a year one goal is it can be kind of unrealistic when you're just getting started. So I'm always a big fan of rooting people in goals that are based on facts. So, you know, how many products are you going to actually be able to realistically sell? And then what is that revenue? And then as we know, just the difference between revenue and profit, you know, you could be making $100,000 in revenue in a year, but that's not your profit. So you can't pay yourself all that money. So that's such a good point that knowing your numbers, I think is really important and being like, and having that budget because for a lot of people too, and it sounds like you're kind of like me, I'm fairly risk averse. So like when I first quit my job, I did up a budget. I was like, okay, so I have this much in savings. I have, you know, whatever, how long could I last if I couldn't pay myself for like a year or two? And I think sometimes for people, especially if they are risk averse, that can be really give them a lot of like calm their anxiety and stuff like that. So I love that tip. That's a great one. What's your, I think we're on tip five, right? Yes, we are. Um, Yeah. So tip five is kind of related to what we're talking about. It's pay off your debt. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people don't like this one. (laughs) I mean, some people are just like, and I get it. I mean, when I First, you know, when I started my business, I mean, I was in debt for a very long time. Like I said, I'm a spender here, like a recovery. I'm still a spender, but like more of like a reformed spender at this point in my life. But when I was able to really get focused on taking care of a lot of my debt, then I realized like, wait, actually, I don't need to make a hundred thousand a year. <laughs> you know, I needed to make a hundred thousand a year because I had so many expenses and I had so many things that I had taken on that to me, that was what I needed to, to meet all these obligations. And once I really got focused and started paying off debt, which is a whole journey, right? I was able to clear a lot of that up. And then I realized actually I could pay myself a much lower number and that would be sufficient. Mm-hmm. And I think the other important thing is about paying off the debt is being able to now use money that you may have put towards, you know, credit cards or car notes or things like that. And now being able to use that money to actually invest in your business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think having a lot of debt, it's probably like difficult, especially if you're not really able to pay yourself your full salary yet and stuff like that. So that could like snowball, I think, pretty quickly as well. So that that's a really great tip. Do you have any favorite resources or go to's for information on paying down debt? Like any anybody you can recommend that people check into if they're 
looking for tips on that? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I kind of went the Dave Ramsey route, although mm-hmm. I will admit that I don't fully subscribe <laughs> to, to, the, to the method. I feel like on the on their podcast, they're always yelling at people who like kind of do their own thing. But yeah. for me, what what um, the other resource I really like is YNAB. It's a software called oh, You Need yeah. a Budget. Mm-hmm. And I initially, YNAB has a few courses. And one of the courses that I took through them was really illuminating because what it pointed out was that, you know, people that have like a lot of, you know, consumer debt and stuff like that, the real problem is that they have a cash flow issue, right? Mm -hmm. And so what the YNAB software tries to get you to do is get ahead on your finances. So they get you in the habit of like, paying your mortgage a month in advance, paying all your bills, like saving and having kind of that nest egg Mm -hmm. for next month's bills. And then once you do that, all of a sudden, it's like this huge weight has been lifted. Mm -hmm. And then you can start thinking about, you know, chipping away at the credit card debt and stuff like that. So I kind of used a combination of the two, but I also like Chris Hogan, who's like in the day network. Yeah, he's really great. And I found like he's done like this um, study on everyday millionaires and just hearing about people that were able to, you know, live below their means and really invest their money and, and, you know, accumulate wealth was really inspiring for me. So for me, it was just like more getting my mindset and getting my mental space in the right headset where I'm like, I can do this and just, you know, staying motivated on those goals. That's great. Yeah. Chris Hogan has the nicest voice I've ever heard. <laughs> he really does. Yeah, I saw him speak at Rise Business in North Carolina, like in 2019. And I was just like, the, when the second he opened up his mouth, I was like enthralled with whatever he was saying. Like, he's just got this amazing tone to his voice. I can't even describe it. Everybody's going to have to just go Google him. And figure it <laughs> out. But I listen to anything he says. <laughs> it sounds good. But yeah, I totally, those are some great resources. And I've been meaning to get YNAB and just like put myself on more of a budget, even just in general, because I'm saving for a condo right now. So I think it would be really good for that purpose of a small, but those are some great resources. So we'll link to those in the show notes if anybody missed that. So what's your sixth tip for quitting your day job? Yeah. So my sixth tip is increase your emergency fund. So again, it's related to paying off debt, but you know, I think you referenced it earlier. Like when you quit your job, you were like, how much do I have in savings? And I feel like it's important that you have that nest egg there in the event that you know what you have a couple slow months you have unexpected you know business expenses you have unexpected personal expenses and so for me what really worked for me in the beginning cuz i struggled with saving in the beginning so i used to use actually this app might be deprecated i'm not positive but there was an app i used called capital where you were allowed to set aside a certain amount of money like basically every time you spent so for me because i was a big spender it was like every time i go to starbucks i'm going to put 20 dollars in my savings account every time i get a lift or an uber instead of just getting in the taxi. I mean, instead of just like getting on the train, you know, I'm going to deposit like another $20. So that's kind of what I did. Like every time I spent, I saved something. So I think it kind of gamifies the savings experience a little bit. 
And I think eventually, once you start to see those numbers increase, and you're like, oh, wow, like I am capable of saving, then it becomes a little easier. And you can kind of just do like automated like transfers Mm -hmm. from your bank account or what have you. But I mean, I think a lot of, you know, the nervousness around um, quitting your job and going into full-time entrepreneurship is the fear of the unknown. So, mm-hmm. you know, having that emergency fund is going to be really critical to help you feel secure in taking that leap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And I love that idea. I've never heard of that app, but we'll definitely try and find it and see if it's still around and link to it because that's super smart. I love like sneaky savings. <laughs> like, So automated savings are just like my favorite thing because it just disappears from your account. And then you're like, well, I guess I don't have that anymore. So <laughs> that's a good one. And another pro tip I would give people is like automate your savings into a bank account where you don't have like a debit card because <laughs> or like an easy access debit card because it's just a lot easier to spend when you can just tap a, de- a debit card on like a, a checkout terminal or whatnot. So that's also a really good tip for saving quickly too. Um, So what's your seventh tip for quitting your day job? Yeah. So my seventh tip is to wait until your business is generating steady income. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, particularly on Instagram and in social media in general, there's so much glamorization of like, I was fed up. I just walked out, you know, (laughs) like they just walked out in the next day. They had this booming laptop lifestyle business, you know, like everything just changed. And, you know, I think that like you really need to work until your side hustle is producing consistent income, you Mm -hmm. know, and you feel like, you know, obviously it might not be at the current salary level, but if you're at two thirds of that and you're still only doing it part time, then you could start to make the deduction like, wow, you know, if I was doing this full time. Like I know I'm capable of growing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a really good point. I I know a lot of people who have done what you were talking about where they just like quit. Um, But I think that's a very privileged position to be in to just quit your job and, you know, jump all in without a plan or without, you know, steady income. Like most people don't have that. So, you know, we need that kind of financial security or at least some income coming in or, or for product-based businesses, some proof of concept, I would say that people are interested in your product or your service. So that's definitely, that is a really crucial step that I think a lot of people do miss because they're like, well, I'm just fed up with my day job and I don't want to work here anymore. But the day job, I always tell people too, you know, especially when you're doing a side hustle, it's like, it's like paying your bills. So you need to respect that day job as much as your side hustle because it's, it's giving you the freedom and the path to freedom. So That's a really great tip. And as we round it out, what's your last tip for quitting your day job? Yeah. So my last tip is to develop a support network. Mm -hmm. And this one is crucial because, you know, when I was working full time and then doing my side hustle, I kind of had two sets of friends, right? I had my coworkers and colleagues that are always like, where were you? Why weren't you at brunch? Why can't you come to happy hour? Right. And then I had my entrepreneurial network and I really, really had to lean on my entrepreneurial network of when I quit my job because it was a very scary thing. I mean, I was, I spent a lot of time feeling very sad because I was just like, what if this doesn't work? You know, you know, I'm one of those people who like, I can just, I can catastrophize, I can catastrophize things, right? Mm-hmm. So 
I just felt a lot of nervousness and insecurity. And I was like, is this going to work? Am I going to disappoint my friends, my family if this doesn't? And it was great to have people around me who had already done that mm-hmm. and could tell me like, this is normal. Everything you're feeling is normal. Some days are going to be better than others. And, you know, that was really crucial. And that's, you know, even today, like just as you're going through your business and new things come up and you get to new stages of your business, having that support network is really important. Yeah, that is probably like one of the best tips you've dropped all day, because I think a lot of people don't think about how lonely entrepreneurship can be. And especially if you come from a corporate career where you've had like a lot of corporate friends, like they may not understand what you're going through. So I always think that's like for me, when I first started, I didn't have any entrepreneur friends. So I got introduced to people like I remember one of my really good friends now I got introduced through Twitter, through another mutual connection. And she owns a yoga studio that's specifically for prenatal and postnatal moms. And I was like, Oh, what would she have in common with me she's running like a yoga studio for moms, and I'm doing a clothing line. But I mean, it doesn't really matter what the business is like, you know, you face similar challenges as entrepreneurs, like you're stressed about your finances or about hiring or, you know, how do I figure out this tax thing or whatnot? So it's really good to have that kind of like social circle of entrepreneurs because they just understand what you're going through so much better. So that's such an amazing tip. Thank you. So that's really great. You've given the audience some really actionable tips if they're interested in quitting their day job. Now let's flip back to you. Tell me a little bit about what you're working on at Social Circle. How can people work with you? What kind of clients do you work with and all that good stuff? Yeah. So, I mean, we are booked and busy and we work predominantly with Women entrepreneurs, um, we work with both service and product-based businesses. They're typically, though, in the health, wellness, beauty, or fashion spaces. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if someone is interested, they can visit our website, socialcircleinc.com, and learn all about our process and the services that we offer and get on our schedule. I'm also super excited that I just launched a one-on-one mentorship program for aspiring um, designers. So if anyone is interested in that, they can, you know, reach out to us or DM me on Instagram to learn more about that program. Awesome. That sounds great. Cool. So you've given some amazing tips. Thank you so much for your time. We're going to take a few more minutes and I just want to ask you a couple of our fun hot seat questions Nice um, to wrap it up. So just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Um, what's one non-negotiable step in your morning routine? It would have to be my morning walk. Every morning I go for at least a 20 minute walk. It's something I started, you know, when the lockdowns and COVID happened, it's been a game changer for me. It's kind of my me time. It's when I listen to podcasts. Sometimes if I'm, you know, if I want, I just listen to music or just getting, taking in fresh air and kind of clearing my mind. And it's become something that I look forward to every day. Awesome. I love that. So coffee, tea, or something else? coffee. (laughs) I joke around a lot that like, when I have that first sip of coffee, it's like the best part of my day. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's like, okay, the world is complete now. Like, this is great. I'm so jealous. I'm off coffee. (laughs) 
Oh, oh, because I've been having sleep problems. And so my naturopath suggested to give up caffeine. <laughs> so I'm dying right now just listening to that because I know, I know that feeling and it feels so good. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one for sure, giving up caffeine. And I tried to do that before and I was trying some of the decaffeinated brands and I'm just like, why doesn't this taste good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely hits different for sure. <laughs> I found a really great brand out of Canada called Bloom and they make um like plant-based lattes that are caffeine free. Oh nice. Um, it's definitely a different taste. They don't taste like coffee, let's be clear, but they are a somewhat acceptable substitute, I would say, from not having coffee. But hopefully one day I'll come back to my morning latte for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So if you had an extra thousand dollars in your business to spend on anything, what would you spend it on? Oh, that's a hard one. I don't know. I mean, I'm tempted to say like it would be staff or something like that, maybe giving someone a raise, you know, or a bonus. Well, that's nice. That's a nice answer. I thought <laughs> I thought you were going to say online courses. <laughs> just oh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think what occurred to me was just like, I have some great people on my team and I would just love to be able to reward them. That's like a really generous and thoughtful answer. I don't think we've ever had anybody say that, but I can totally appreciate that. And it sounds like you're a great people manager and lovely to work for. So my last question is, what's your favorite podcast to listen to right now? I have been listening to a lot of the Mindset Mentor as of recently. Oh, yeah. I just found his podcast too. Really good. Short episodes. So really easy. Yeah, exactly. I go for that 20 minute walk and his episodes are around 20 minutes. So it's perfect for me. And, you know, I think that just getting that positivity into your day is super important for staying Mm -hmm. focused. Totally. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Jacinta. I'm so excited to share this episode with our audience. So just to wrap up, can you recap where people can find you online? What's your Instagram, your Facebook and your website? Yeah, absolutely. So you could find me on Instagram at Jacinta underscore Gandhi. And then my website is like I said, socialcircleinc.com. Um, and that's those are pretty much the two places I spend the most time hanging out. And I'm always happy to DM video chat with people, what have you. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much for your time and have an amazing day. Thanks so much for having me, Christy. Thank you for listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast. If you want to take your e-commerce brand to the next level, be sure to check out my website at christysumer.com, where you can find all the show notes, free resources, and blog posts and principles to help you grow your online store. You can also follow me at K-R-I-S-T-I-S-O-O-M-E-R on Instagram. Find your purpose, make it happen. I'll talk to you soon.